What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, and we have a jam-packed, jam-packed show ahead for everybody. We've got a bunch of guests. You're all familiar with them. They're going to bring a bunch of draft knowledge. We are so excited to have all of these special guests on our on our podcast. Uh, we have Ace Boogie from the New Stripe City podcast going to be joining us in just a little bit. We have Co- uh, Cody Toomey, who is a Bengals Twitter favorite, who's going to be joining us in just a little bit. We have Mickey Menser, who is a an old school Bengals podcast favorite from a long time ago. A lot of you know him from Who Day fans. And John Sheeran, I know you're stoked about this. We have James Rapine from 92.3 The Fan, a recent defector from the city of Cincinnati. James, how I are you? I say sir? traitor, but we'll go with defector. Defector? I haven't heard that one. I've, I've been called a lot of names, though, since the move. Defector's <laughs> a new one, though, but it, it makes a lot of sense. How are you guys? Uh, we're good, man. Uh, I, of course I kid, and I, I thank you for the time. I know it's a busy week for everybody. Uh, I, you know, this is a Bengals podcast. We're going to ask you about the Bengals, but we would be remiss given your – first of all, how's, how's the new gig treating you? Is there, you got a new city, new gig, all that kind of stuff. Everything everything going okay? Yeah, everything's good. Everything's the, – the transition, you know, it's always different. Uh, you're transitioning from one city to another, obviously, yes, yes. Um, I'll get to the fair days and just to the teams and stuff, but you know, I'm settling quite nicely. Looking forward to the summer, spring and summer here in Cleveland because I hear it's awesome here on the lake, so we'll see. But uh, plenty of excitement when it comes to the sports teams, especially specifically the Browns and the moves they've made over the past couple of uh, past couple of months. Well, congratulations on the move. That's uh, it's, we're we're stoked for you, man. Um, and and speaking of the Browns. Uh, I, I guess, you know, I, I hate to start a Bengals podcast off with them, but we need to talk about them a, at least a little bit because you're in the city. I'm sure the city is just a buzz right now with everything going on there. And, uh, you know, how do you see things kind of playing out for them with all of the moves they made this offseason and the draft picks they brought in last year? How do you how do you see things playing out for them in the NFL draft coming up this weekend? Yeah, it's interesting because obviously they don't have a first-round pick. They're not scheduled to pick until 49th overall. And you're right. I mean, there's a ton of buzz around the team. Uh, just finally, you know, the potential of being good again. Obviously, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. I mean, we know who's on that roster. But they still have some holes. And it will be interesting to see how John Dorsey looks to fill them. Right? Because they, they could use another corner. They could certainly use up on the defensive line, linebacker is a need that Bengals fans are certainly familiar with. Um, so, so that's one of the, the 
Browns will look at. Uh, and then I, I just, it, it'll be the, the one question I think Browns fans have right now is will John Dorsey trade up? Probably, considering they have uh, a bunch of late round selections um, and, and he's traded up before. And, and the question is, uh, how high will he trade up? Will he trade up into the first round? Will he just trade up from 49 to 45? Will he trade up from the 80th pick overall to 65? Uh, so that, uh, I think, is, is where fans are right now, but they're excited to see what's next because, it, it, look, the Browns haven't had a GM that's been as aggressive as John Dorsey, obviously, in a long time. It's been a really long time since they've won anything, so they're excited here in Cleveland. Talking with James Rapine of 92.3, the fan in Cleveland, talking a little bit of Browns football, and then, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals here, kind of segueing from, from both franchises, I guess. You know, the Browns, you look at their offseason and what they've done. I'd like to hear kind of, you know, if you think they are living up to this double-digit win hype that they're getting. But I also want to get your thoughts a little bit on what the Bengals did this offseason as they head into the draft and and kind of compare what both those teams did over the over the spring months. It's, it's interesting. They're in two different places. I'll start with the Browns, but Bengals fans don't turn it because it's a, a Bengals reference and memories of the, uh, the Bengals that you'll certainly think fond of. Uh, the Browns this year going into this season remind me a lot of the 05 Bengals. Mm. They have a first, they have a, a newer head coach, and I knew Marvin had been around for a couple of years, but it, those that remember Marvin in the early years of Marvin, he excited Cincinnati. Fans were excited about Marvin Lewis and, and the energy he brought to a, a franchise that for the 90s and the early part of the 2000s was just dreadful. They spent their first round draft pick on Carson Palmer. The Browns did the same with who? Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker played as a rookie, so that's why I kind of fast-forwarded a year. This, this to me, is, is like the 05 Bengals. They have two wide receivers that compare a lot to Chad Johnson and T.J. Hoskinsada. They both went to college together, one primarily a flock, Jarvis Landry, the other an Odell Beckham Jr.'s electrifying hand and dances. So that's dead on Chad Johnson. Like they're, they're, it's it's kind of crazy to see some of those similarities. And then the thing I'll compare it to the most is the buzz, the buzz, the buzz. buzz. Fun it was to be a Bengals fan in 2005. I mean, it was the most fun year I've had being a football fan and just watching that team. And I know it ended in heartbreak, but that that season was so much fun. And I think that that's where the Browns are this year. They have that type of potential, that that kind of breakout year. I mean, it's going to happen. I still think they need to, to fill a few holes and, and things like that. But it reminds me a lot of the, the 05 Bengals, where they're, they're just ready to hit the ground running and make some noise for the first time in a long time. I kind of like that comparison of, of the 05 Bengals. Uh, this, this is John Sheeran, by the way. I, I know we've I know we've never had the chance to talk to you tonight, but um, you, you've had experience with the Bengals covering them. Now you've had experience w- with the city of Cleveland covering Cleveland teams. If you were just a casual, had no association with either team, had no association cover, covering either team, if you were just a casual fan and just looking at both the Bengals and the Browns and where they are, right now and what the trajectory that both teams are going on because they are both going through some period of transition they are in different trajectories in terms of going up and going down if you were just a casual outsider which franchise would you have more confidence in going forward and mind you we don't have any Browns fans listening so this is all Bengals fans <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it's that's honestly it's easy and a big part of that uh, as big a part of it is any, it's just the uh, the person 
personality of the Browns. I mean, they're led by Baker, who isn't afraid to stare down Hugh Jackson, isn't afraid to call out Colin Cowherd on Twitter or, or, you know, just do things like that that fans would do. So people relate to that. Odell Beckham Jr. is the biggest star. And I don't even say this because he's in Cleveland, but I think he's the biggest star football player that isn't a quarterback on the planet. So when you, you mesh that together, it's, it's they're just the sexier team right now than the Bengals. I mean, you look at Andy Dalton, kind of quiet, a really good dude, but kind of quiet. A.J. Green, same thing. So even though the Bengals have stars, and I think at this point, um, they, they're almost being underrated and overlooked because they, they still have a pretty solid core, but because they underachieved last year, mostly because of, of injuries, I don't even want to say underachieved because they were played by injuries last year, kind of derailed their season. Um, so I think the Bengals are being overlooked a bit. I think that the casual fan, if they were picking a team right now, um, would certainly pick the Browns if they didn't have an affiliation to either one. Uh, but that, that being said, that doesn't mean that the Bengals are as bad as people are making them out to be. I don't think anyone is really penciling them in anywhere besides fourth in the division. And I don't think it has to be. I don't think that's written in stone that they're going to finish last in the division this coming season. Talking with James Rapine of 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. Uh, good to have him on the show. It's been uh, been a while, and it has been so long that, that since we've had you on the show, James, that there is a coaching regime. Now, you spent – a coaching regime change, that is. You spent some time uh, – you spent considerable time around the Bengals and Marvin Lewis, and you know how the team operates and operated under Lewis. You haven't really spent the time with this new coaching staff that's in place, but, I, I you know, you still have a great pulse on the team. Based on what, what they did this offseason, uh, which is – you know, kind of their MO, stick with a lot of the guys they know, a couple of outside players, re-sign their own, and, and seeing the needs that they have here. What what do you see them doing in the first couple of rounds this weekend coming up in terms of positions, maybe players, all that good stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the Bengals, they're in a good spot because at 11, you're going to get a premium talent or you're and you're probably going to fill a need and you should be able to do both. And they're in a good spot where I think that there are going to be some teams giving them a call, depending on what quarterbacks are available, uh, to potentially trade up, which means you have an asset in that 11th pick. And I, I would not be shocked at all if they trade down. I think in a perfect world, they, they would address one of two positions, unless they feel like one of these quarterbacks is the franchise guy. I always That's always the, um, the star of asterisk next to, to this, because... Obviously, if they think Dwayne Haskins is that dude and he's there at 11, then they should go get him. Or maybe they should trade up and go get him because I've seen some people say that. Uh, but I'm not sure that's the case. I, I lean towards them addressing the offensive line uh, or going defense in the first round at 11. Because to me, there's going to be – they might have the, the pick of the litter when it comes to tackle. Mm. And at, at worst, at worst, I think maybe Jonah Williams is gone. So maybe one tackle is gone and then after that – you're talking about you can get the next guy, whether that's Dillard, and it could very well be Dillard. Maybe they like the Jawan Taylor out of Florida. Maybe they trade back and still get one of those guys, move back to 15, say, with Washington. So I think the Bengals are in a good spot uh, to do that. Obviously, we know about the two Devons, Devin White, Devin Bush. Um, Bush seems like the more likely of the two uh, to fall. And then you, you got a couple defensive ends. Uh, pass rushers that, that have some, some red flags, right? And, and Montez, Montez Sweat, uh, and then the kid out of Michigan, uh, name escapes me at the moment. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, so they, they have options. There are going to be some some good players, uh, great players potentially there at 11, or if they trade back, they might be able to add another asset too. Uh, I think in a perfect world, you guys ready for my scenario? This I love my, it. I want it. My, my, my scenario that I want the Bengals to do because it would it would do a bunch of things. It would address needs and it would prepare for the future, and I think they need to do both. Um, I would, if I was the Bengals, just pray that Haskins falls to 11 and that Miami or Washington is super interested in moving up. The moment they move up, let's say you get a a third-round pick to move back four spots. You take a tackle because the linebackers probably still won't be there. You take one of those tackles. Let's say you take Dillard. Let's say you take um, Taylor, whoever they like the most. Um, And then you take your second-round pick and a fifth-round pick or whatever it takes, second and a fourth. Maybe it's a second this year and a fourth. You added that third, and you go get Josh Rosen. Because we all know Kyler Moore is wow. going number one overall. Rosen, his guaranteed money's already paid out. It's $1.8 million. You can keep Andy Dalton for the next two years if you want. I mean, it doesn't matter because he's a rookie uh, under a nice rookie deal. You're not paying a top dollar, and you're acquiring an asset that could be the future. Uh, of Cincinnati Bengals football. So to me, you address that quarterback position, you still get a top tackle, you send a message to Andy Dalton and Carlos Dunlap and Gino Atkins that, hey, we want to win now, we're going to protect Andy. And A.J. Green, by the way, who's a free agent to be, while also preparing for life without Andy Dalton. That, to me, and it's a lot of moving parts. A lot of things would need to happen, including Haskins falling. Arizona needs to pick Kyler Murray. But that, to me, is a scenario... That, that I would love because I think right now Rosen's one of the best bargains out there based on what I've heard. And so if you can get him for a second and a fourth or something like that, uh, you certainly do it. Yeah. And it would, it'd be interesting to see where Josh Rosen would go in this year's class. If he was, if he came out this year instead of last year with the crowded class of, of uh, 2018, instead of this kind of a little bit of weaker class in 2019. And uh, you know, for the first time in a while, the Bengals have not, uh, they they haven't really tipped their hand. We think we have an idea of what they might do, but uh, we'll see. And that would be a great scenario, James, that you just laid out. Uh, James Rapine of ninety two. Like that's not too crazy. No, no. I mean, it, I mean, I think maybe, maybe for the Bengals that's crazy, but uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, from from most other teams' perspectives, that's really not too crazy. But uh, James, where 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 can people find you these days now that you're not? Based in the city of Cincinnati, where can people find you? And uh, obviously on Twitter and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, on Twitter, at James Rapine. Uh, I do mostly, just so people are aware, most of the time I'm not talking Browns. So I, I do a lot of <laughs> Indians and Cavs. Those are the two teams that I, I cover here for 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, there'll be some Browns tweets here and there because I am in Cleveland. Uh, but there will also be some Bengals tweets along the way. And obviously with the draft tomorrow, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch the draft. I'm excited to watch Friday, and I'll certainly be tweeting about the draft at time. So, yeah, you can follow me there. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. It's always fun to talk Bengals. I don't get to do it as much as I used to. <laughs> well, I get we, to, I, I get to take advantage of it. Yeah, we're, we're stoked you made the time, man. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on for sure, whether that's hopefully sooner rather than later. But at a minimum, you know, when the two teams clash, a couple of times this next year we'd love to talk with you more and uh and, and get some insight but thanks for making the time man. enjoy enjoy the draft weekend and congratulations again on the on the new gig i guess it's still kind of new so uh congratulations again we'll talk to you soon bud absolutely guys thanks for having me all right take it easy 
That was James Rapine of 92.3, the fan in Cleveland and formerly of ESPN Cincinnati. We were, we were uh, privileged to have him. It's been, gosh, probably a year or so since he's been on the program. So very excited to have him on. As I mentioned, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We are in the middle of a jam-packed show. And if you aren't able to join us live, you can get this show later on. Uh, you can download it on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on the Megaphone platform. We do have a YouTube channel. You can get all that stuff there. And, of course, all of our content is on cincyjungle.com. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be trying to take some listener questions at the end of the episode if we have time. Like I said, we have a jam-packed show, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna try and get that going in uh, towards the end of the program here. But uh, we do have our next special guest, and my esteemed co-host is going to introduce him. So James is cool, but our next guest is one of my favorite Bengals content creators. And I say content creator because he does a lot of things for the Bengals community. He does YouTube videos. He has his own YouTube channel. He writes and also does some analytics things, which I'm a big fan of. It's Ace Boogie. You can find him on his YouTube channel, New Stripe City. I remember when it really took off last summer and he's really exploded and I love the content he puts out. But Ace, we got you on the show, man. How, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that I'm here, uh, especially being on the OBI. Uh, definitely a big fan of you guys and your work for sure. Uh, but yeah, let's. I'm here to talk the draft, man. Definitely. Who that? So, so Ace, t- t- tell our tell our listeners um, what your YouTube channel is about and what, what, what's the work that you really do in regards to the Bengals. Uh, my YouTube channel is for the diehard Bengals fans. It's essentially like everything Bengals, so anything from analysis to analytics, like you said, um, to just like my personal thoughts. Sometimes I do uh, fan calls and things of that nature, but it's really for the diehard. So uh, when I really created it, I was a guy that liked being on YouTube and I would always like uh, pretty much perform queries on the Cincinnati Bengals. And I just didn't see a lot of content out there for us. Um, so it kind of sparked me as, well, if it's not going to be out there, let me be the guy to step up and put that information out there. And we just built, um, like you said, a great community. Yeah, for sure. So when looking at this draft, so you, you do something that I believe it's called prime and it's one of my favorite things to, to kind of break down and kind of analyze. So t- tell us a little bit about Prime and some of the players that really stood out for this year's class in regards to the Bengals. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Prime is essentially a formula that I created that takes a look at the Bengals history. Uh, originally, when I started it, it was everything from the Marvin Lewis era, so 2003, all the way until that current year. Um, and basically what it does is it looks at uh, a number of things, such as size and uh, college and conference and things of that nature that the Bengals have kind of had a tendency to look for. And some of the guys that they've drafted have shared these common things in common as well. So the prime is actually the actual grade. And some of the guys that uh, kind of stuck out this year were Cleveland Farrell. Um, it's a guy from Clemson. He's a defensive man. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with him. 
Um, mm-hmm. But he really fits the Bengals' size metrics, what they look at at the defensive end position. He was one of the guys that were high. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is another guy that stuck out. Uh, Debo Samuel surprisingly kind of stuck out on there as well. Another guy that we've heard David Lappa mention, uh, Montez Sweat, he was actually pretty high on there as well. Another edge rusher. Uh, one of the things that kind of surprised me actually was the quarterback position. And the guy that stood at the top of that list was actually Drew Locke, surprisingly. Um, over Dwayne Haskins and over Kyler Murray. Most likely with Kyler Murray is because of the size, but I believe with Dwayne Haskins, it had to do with his age. And uh, through Noah Prime over the years, I've found that the Bengals have distinct types and sizes and also player ages. So those are things that I also take into account here um, when looking at that. But in terms of the linebacker position, uh, Devin White actually came in first, but Devin Bush was not too far away from him. So it kind of gives you a pretty good idea of the players that might be on the board. Sometimes it can be dead on. Sometimes it can be within the vicinity. Uh, but the first year that I did it, it was crazy because I believe four out of the five picks with William Jackson the third in that draft in 2016, a lot of the guys that were at the top of the board ended up being the guys that were picked. So um, those are some of the guys that kind of stuck out this year. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So when when looking at that and looking at the players that the Bengals have shown interest in, I, I noticed that there was a lot of the similar names that 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 have been brought in for the for those top thirty visits. Some of the players that even Dave Lapham mentioned on the Bengals Booth podcast. So are there any players that that really stuck up there that that you are personal fans of? Not even maybe, maybe even looking at Prime, but just their overall tape and their overall fit with the Bengals. I would say uh, one of the one of the guys that kind of stuck out to me was Drew Locke, even though. Uh, the Bengals likely, I'm not sure exactly if they're going to take a quarterback, uh, but Drew Locke kind of stood out to me. Uh, Farrell, I've got kind of a little flack for liking Farrell, but Farrell uh, to me kind of stood out as well And when I looked at his just because he's a guy that can not only rush the passer but can also stop the run. Uh, that's something that kind of stood out to me. I'd also probably say, of course, Devin White. Um, but honestly, I'm kind of starting to essentially look at Devin Bush a little bit more closely. I don't think the gap is as wide as it really is. And uh, when I looked at some other analytics, a lot of people compared him to uh, Bobby Wagner, but they compared White to Darren Lee. So that was kind of shocking for me. Uh, But Devin Bush is another guy that I like uh, that is pretty high on prime, as well as I'd probably say Rashawn Gary. I'm not too huge of a fan on. He would be a guy like we moved back. I would be okay with back to like 15 or something like that. Uh, but those are some guys that kind of stick out. But me personally, I probably have to go with those guys I mentioned, like a Devin White or uh, maybe a Drew Locke. If they do look at quarterback, uh, those would be some of the guys that stick out to me. Talking with Ace Boogie of New Stripe City Podcast. First of all, Ace, uh, I'm stoked to have you on, man. And, and I don't know if you know, but uh, a lot of we had a lot of feedback in our in our live YouTube chat and and a lot of stuff over the months, over recent months, saying we you got to get you got to get Ace on here, you got to get Ace on here, you got to get Ace on here. So um, even though we've only got you for for a little bit of time, I'm I'm really excited that and, and stoked that you were able to make the time and and appreciate what you do there. I'm curious if you look because you mentioned you looked at Drew Locke uh, with your with your analytics and all of that. Um, I'm curious if you look to Daniel Jones, um, because this is a guy who is one of the most polarizing prospects in the draft. It seems as if most fans, 
It seems as if a lot of teams don't really dig him, but some of the old school scouts, like a Gil Brandt loves him. Uh, right. There have been people that say, oh, he's the next Peyton Manning. I, I don't see it. Um, I see the accuracy. I see a little bit of the touch. I don't see the arm strength. I do see the size, but to me, he's kind of a uh, maybe it tops out at a mid-level type of NFL quarterback. I don't know what your metrics, if you took a look at him, what they say. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, to be honest with you, he was actually one of the lowest of the first-round quarterbacks on there, mm-hmm. uh, mostly in part to the fact that the Bengals have never really taken anyone out of Kentucky. So that would be a first. Another thing would be it looks like his height as well as it looks like his age are things that the Bengals typically shy away from. Uh, So for Daniel Jones, um, to me, I I have to agree with you. I'm not really sold on him like that. Uh, I do respect Gil Brent's opinion and things of that nature, but I have to agree with you. But it seems like there is some buzz building up around Daniel Jones because there are reports coming out that the Giants could be interested in possibly taking him as high as six. But in terms of prime, it seems like he was actually the lowest rated of those uh, four quarterbacks that we've all heard of, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Drew Locke. So he actually came in last with those guys. He's actually the last rated guy uh, for the first round. In Interesting. Interesting. It, so you got, for those who aren't tuning in live, Ace has a, I, I think it's a T.O. jersey on, right? Is that, Definitely is that, a T.O. jersey. Yeah, sure. T.O. Okay. <laughs> so how do you, I, I asked a similar question to James, but I kind of want to be a little more specific to this because this is a question that um, we have received quite often from a lot of our listeners. And that is, you know, kind of how you see the first few picks playing out for the Bengals this coming weekend. And more specifically, do you see a receiver in there? Because as James mentioned, AJ Green, impending free agent, Tyler Boyd, impending free agent, John Ross, there are trade rumors going around and there's some uh, underachievement happening there. And then behind those guys, there are a lot of question marks. So do you all of a sudden see maybe a second round, third round and, and, and kill Harry or uh, a Riley Ridley or one of these guys maybe sneaking in on one of the plans, Andy Isabella, something like that? Or do you think they play it safe and they really go after needs, which is defensive line, linebacker, offensive line? Oh, that's a great question, Anthony. I would say that from the standpoint of everything that I've kind of soaked in, we know that A.J. Green is definitely uh, going to be first priority to get locked up. I'd also have to agree with Tyler Boyd. John Ross, there was that crazy rumor that was floated out there that apparently Zach Taylor had reached out to him and tried to shoot that down. But when you look at some of the visits, they actually brought in some guys that could be pretty high. Uh, You're talking about Debo Samuel. You're talking about uh, a couple of receivers from Ohio State. Uh, But to be honest with you, I think the needs at linebacker and at offensive tackle uh, are so much more pressing that they will look at wide receiver as possibly one of the uh, picks that they can wait until later. But I think if they do make a pick within those first three rounds, I think that it'll be in the third round. Uh, We could see a similar pick to what happened with Mark Walton, where we were all kind of shocked that he was taken in the fourth round. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened, because if extension talks with Tyler Boyd break down, then they don't have any kind of insurance to ensure that anyone can come in the next year. So if they do take a receiver, I think it would be in the third round. But I think that they think that offensive 
tackle and uh, the linebacker position is something that would need a lot more concern, which I hope they think that way. Also, defensive end, you have to think about it too. Michael Johnson has left, so that's a prime position that's wide open there. You've also got Carl Lawson coming back from an ACL injury, and he's a pass rush specialist. So you have to have a guy that's going to be able to immediately uh, fill a need that we have at the position. Yeah, you're you're speaking my co-host language. He is a he is a big proponent of the Bengals getting an edge rusher early in this year's draft. So. Bengals do my prediction for pick number 11 is going to be Devin White I think I have a feeling I live down here in Florida um, I'm friends with a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans I've constantly seen him out there I think that he is not going to be the pick at number five I may be wrong but it seems that they would like to actually uh, attack the edge rusher position or the corner position so if that happens Devin White could fall, and I think there's no doubt in my mind if he's there, you have to take that guy. I that would be wow. That would okay, be great. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you if you heard our mock drafts or not, uh, Ace from last week. We I I had Ed Oliver as my pick, and I I think I just think like you, I think someone that is a premier player could fall because we've seen teams rush up to get a quarterback. We've seen teams reach for certain players and all of a sudden some guy falls. I mean, Aaron Donald was like a number 13 or 14 overall pick. Exactly. And he's like the best defensive player in the league. So um, exactly. we've seen whether it's Oliver, whether it's white, somebody is probably going to fall and uh, fall right into the Bengals lap. At least we hope that's the scenario. Ace, thanks for the time, man. How, how can people get in touch with you? How can people check out your stuff? Uh, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at New Stripe City, on Twitter at New Stripe City. Uh, but the main place that you can contact me is on my uh, YouTube channel, New Stripe City. Awesome. And what I would like to do uh, is is after the draft, once we kind of di digest everybody who the Bengals get, I'd love to go through some of these picks. I'd love to have you back on, go through some of those picks and run it through the prime system that you were talking about and uh, see how they stack up, because I think that would be very, very interesting. If you'd be willing to do that, we'd love to have you back on, man. Oh, of course, Anthony. And I, I just want to give a shout out to you, man. I don't know if you remember, but I was actually uh, on your previous podcast a long time ago, Inside the Jungle, as one of the That's right. That kind of sparked, uh, when when uh, when that went away, that kind of sparked the whole New Stripe City, man. So I'm a huge fan. Glad to be here with you and John as well. And we can definitely get up, man. Not a problem at all. Yeah, well, it's awesome, man. Like I said, we've had a lot of a lot of people say you got to get Ace, you got to get Ace, you got to get Ace, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I've you know I've I've dropped the ball on that, but I'm glad you were able to to come on here, and we'd love to have you back on soon, man. Yeah, likewise, man. Who that? All right, all right. Enjoy the enjoy the draft, my friend. Yes, sir. All right, see ya. Uh, wow, jam jam packed stuff, John. Uh, we are. We're just moving right along. We've got a lot to get to. Again, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Cazenza. You can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on the Megaphone platform. You can also get it on YouTube and CincyJungle.com. We appreciate all the support. We're going to try and get to some listener questions at the end of the show. We do have an announcement at the end of the show as well, so stay tuned for that. We've had James Rapine from 92.3 The Fan on. We have had... Ace Boogie from the New Stripe City 
podcast on. And now we bring in a guy who joined us not too long ago, but is a great, uh, a great guy to have on the podcast. Very knowledgeable and a lot of fun on Twitter. Cody Toomey. Cody, thanks for joining us, man. I know you got a lot going on with your, uh, hopefully your little, your little guy's feeling better. Uh, and, or you got that handled, but, uh, yeah. how's everything going, dude? Nah, not too bad. Can't complain. He's in the tub well, and getting ready for bed. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully he's taking the, the warm bath to, if it's a, a sinus thing, hopefully right. he's getting all that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to learn the tricks of the trade, right? <laughs> Well, I appreciate you making the time, man. I know, uh, I know you're you've got a lot going on, as do we all uh, this time of year. But um, I, you know, I'm kind of wondering where to start with you because we talked about a lot of draft stuff. But since you were last on the show, so much has happened in terms of rumors and everything, and a lot <laughs> of it ha- happens to be with Dwayne Haskins at number eleven. The Bengals are interested, then they're saying they're not interested, then now the Redskins are heavily the Redskins interested. Redskins like him and the Redskins don't like him and somebody right. likes Jones and somebody likes Haskins. It's been wild. Tis the season, right? It's so, pretty uh, crazy when you see like the draft analysts that do this for a living that are like uh I think it was Daniel Jeremiah that was just like heard this, then heard that, heard this, then heard that, and he's just like, good luck. <laughs> good luck tomorrow. Because <laughs> it's just gonna be wild. Um I'm excited. I mean, the Bengals' best chance to get the best player. I heard the end of your last chat with Ace. There is their only hope is like, you know, I've heard that you know Snyder's taken over the Redskins' first round pick, and it's like if he goes crazy and, and throws a couple ones like he did to get RG three, and they get up to three, you know, then Ed Oliver, Devin White, Devin Bush, somebody is going to slide because you start putting quarterbacks ahead of eleven, and then somebody's got to be there, right? So if they get lucky and an offensive tackle goes, a couple quarterbacks go, they're going to get a, a blue-chip prospect. And they just have to be willing to take whoever's there and not just be like, oh, we need a linebacker. We're going to take so-and-so. Yeah. So. yeah. so, uh I mean, I, I think by now we know a lot of the names that are connected <laughs> to the Bengals at number 11. Dave Lapham brought out a couple of names. I think he said both Jonah Williams and Andre Dillard recently are two guys that they look at. Obviously, Devin yeah. Bush. We talked about Haskins. Who are some of the guys that may be floating out there, either if they drop out of the top 10 or the guys that are in that top 15-ish range, maybe a, a Clellan Farrell, maybe a uh, a Christian Wilkins. I, I don't know. Are, are there some guys that you kind of think, hey, this is a dark horse guy that, that fits what the Bengals want, what they need, what they do, and nobody's really talking about this guy at 11? I mean, I think Rajon Gary scarily fits that mold, but yeah. I don't. I think with the shoulder thing will, will hopefully save us, and we won't continue to draft first round picks that are injured. But I think a guy that John would be on board with is Brian Burns. Yeah, I know he likes Burns, yeah. and I mean, I think Burns could be a really. I mean, he moves like Von Miller. If you, and I know everyone follows Joe, and like if you watch him at the combine, and then you watch the guys that are those elite edge defenders, that's that's what you're seeing out of him. So. You know, <clears throat> he's a guy that I think might be end up better than where he's drafted um, mm-hmm. because I don't think the NFL is as high on him as everybody else. But I mean, I think the I think the Bengals' ideal situation is they pretended like they liked Haskins enough. Haskins is there at eleven. They get Washington to give them their third to come up. Yep. They give Washington a first and a sixth. Washington gives them a first and a third, and they get back there to fifteen, and they take whatever offensive tackles there. And if one of the linebackers have to be that happen to be there still, they run to the podium. 
Yeah, that would be an idea. I could see them trading back even if one of the linebackers is there. I think they want that third round pick more than anything. Yeah, that would be an ideal scenario. And I, I am a big fan of Burns. I'm ashamed that the Bengals haven't shown that interest. But apparently what they what the plans are, I guess, would be to see if one of those linebackers is there. And then Dave Lapham mentioned the two tackles and Jonah Williams. And if he's there, the, he might be the pick. And if he's not there, they're going to look at Andre Dillard. In your opinion, if, if both those guys are on the board, if you're the Bengals GM, if you're Duke Tobin, which, which of those offense tackles are you taking with that pick? Uh, man, that's tough because it's it's – I wish I'd know if what their plan is. If there's plans a three-year rebuild, I'm taking Dillard. If it's we're going to actually try to win now, I'm taking Jonah Williams. I think he's more ready to play now. He can play anywhere on the line. So Billy Price goes down, somebody like that. He could actually play these positions, mm-hmm. guards, right tackle, where Dillard's pretty much a left tackle. So if you tell me it's a three-year rebuild, I want Dillard. I want the chance of getting my left tackle of the future that I can lock up for, you know, 10 years or so at a reasonable cost when you consider extending him before his rookie contract is over, you know, you compile some of that money and then he might stay because he he's not getting a ton of guarantee, but you're upping his you know, average annual value by a lot by those last two years. So, I mean, if they tell me we're going to start making some deals, if this year goes bad and, and make a three year rebuild plan, I want Dillard. If their plan is truly like they think that, you know, like we've heard, is it coach speak or not? Is Dalton going to be kept by Zach Taylor or is this coach speak that, Oh, I like Dalton. (laughs) I mean, I mean, part of me wants him to draft Dwayne Haskins at 11 or drew lock or any quarterback, because I'm terrified. They're going to give Dalton $25 million. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger got 30 some million today. Dalton can ask for 25 and not be out of market. And, you know, the Rams can live with that. The Bengals can't because they don't spend. So you need someone that can overcome. And I'd almost rather just get out of mediocrity and QB purgatory by either hitting or missing. Right. Take my right. shot. Yeah. T- talking to Cody Toomey at Kodakai on Twitter, a, a Bengals Twitter favorite. Um, Cody, I, you know, you talked about and you, you, you talked about the Bengals maybe moving back, getting extra picks uh, because a team wants to come up and get Dwayne Haskins, that sort of thing, if he falls to 11. Um, very realistic scenario based on everything that, that we're hearing. Previously, uh, earlier on this episode, James Rapine was on here and he laid out a scenario about you know the Bengals doing the same thing, moving back, collecting picks, and then packaging some of them either for Josh Rosen um, or – you know, packaging them, maybe moving back up into a round. Do you actually see this year as a year, especially with like the 28 million six round picks that they've collected? Um, do you actually see this as a year that the, the Bengals make a move on that front, get a little more aggressive than they have in years past? If you look at the last couple of years, they've actually traded more than – than the old Bengals in the last couple of years. They've moved around a lot. They moved down before they took Bates. They've moved up here and there um, in the middle round. So they're not as active in the first round as other teams. But after the first round, they've been you know, moving around a bit um, more than they used to. Right? They moved down before Mixon. They moved down before Jesse Bates. Um, so it would be nice if, if they did move back. You could have an extra third-round pick that you could uh, hang up there and try to get Rosen with. Right? So – I mean, I've heard nothing that they're involved. I've heard Dolphins. I've heard Chargers. 
Um, and a couple, of, I think, I forget what the other team is that everyone's kind of saying connected, but no Bengals. But I mean, how how ideal would that be? You move back from 10, 11 to 15, you still get your left tackle or right tackle in Williams or Dillard, and then you take that third-round pick and and you trade your third-round pick for Rosen. So you basically lose nothing, move back, still get your tackle, and get a possible QB upgrade. I mean, that's – sign me up for that. I don't even care whatever what else happens in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Give me that, give me a linebacker, and, and we'll be fine. But I don't see them doing it. Yeah, uh, just usually not in their DNA. Uh, we're talking with Cody Toomey at Kodakai on Twitter. Um, well, we're going to get you out of here in just a, a minute here, Cody. And I, I can hear the little guy in the background. So hopefully everything's being taken care of. Right. I want to ask you this. We ran a poll. Um, and uh, we ran a poll on our on our Twitter account. Basically, you know, basically there's a couple of crazy scenarios that are surrounding the Bengals this time of the year. Um, and I wanted to see what you think is the most likely because this is a team that does not do the splashy things, especially on draft day that a lot of other teams do. So we basically had four, four scenarios. Um, there's trade up in the first round, trade away John Ross for picks, uh, trade for Josh Rosen or draft a quarterback in the first round. If you were to pick one of those as the most likely scenario, which one would you pick? Trade John Ross. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't agree with it, but I think if we're talking most likely it's got, I would say probably Ross and draft a QB that they're not going to trade up. And right. uh, I don't think they're going to trade for Rosen. Don't bother. All right. Well, Cody, uh, we're, we're going to get you out of here, man. We appreciate the time. Um, I, I know I've mentioned a couple times on, you're on Twitter at Kodakai. Enjoy the draft weekend, my friend. Any, any, Quick predictions for what they do at number 11. Uh, Devin Bush or Jonah Williams, whoever's there. Okay. All right. We'll take care of that Hope little guy. Safe man. prospects. Can't lose. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Take care of that little one, man. Uh, right. we'll, we'll get you back on the show soon. Appreciate the time, buddy. All right. See ya. All right. That was Cody Toomey, right. at Cody Kai on Twitter. And he's got to go tend to a, a – a, sick child right now so uh he was he he was yes and then he was maybe and then he was yes again so we appreciate his time coming on the show again this is the orange and black insider Bengals podcast he's john sheeran i'm anthony kazenza we're rolling through this episode with some of our favorite Bengals people and some of your favorite Bengals people you can get this show on itunes on stitcher on spotify on google play you can get it on the megaphone platform as well as youtube and cincyjungle.com Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. John, are you ready for this one, my friend? Let's do it. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've had the pleasure of I uh, I engaging, engaging with this with this young man. Uh I was on a previous podcast. Some people know I was on a previous podcast and, uh, it was, um, it was a hell of a lot of fun. And this guy made it, uh, so much fun. Mickey Menser, also known as at who day fans. It's been forever and a day, my friend. H- how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been a while, man. Yeah, What's I know. You? Uh, well, doing this show, uh, trying to, trying to figure out what the hell the Bengals are doing this year. Uh, since you and I have last talked, it has been a, it is a much different looking team than uh, we, we remember. And you remember, um, I know you had a, and rightfully so you had a soft spot for Vontez perfect. Uh, you knew him. He is now gone. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Lewis. I mean, you and I talked about Marvin Lewis for a long, long time. He is now gone. So I want to start off with, aside from, uh, aside from, you know, the draft stuff and all those things ahead, I kind of want to get your impressions of this Bengals offseason because of the coaching staff change, because of what they did in free agency and how they've set themselves up uh, for things. And for those of you who are, are not familiar, Mickey is the more positive slash realistic Bengals fan. So I'm really, uh, <laughs> I really want to hear your, uh, your take on things, especially things that have happened this off season. <laughs> no, I'm, you're right. I'm always positive. I think, I think they held on to Lewis too long, right? I think at most one season, you know, at least one season too long. I, I would kind of wish uh, he would have been gone one year before, but they finally made that change. I think that that was well needed. Um, I think Vontez Perfect, while I did have a soft spot, I think he played like the linebackers, you know, all the all did all the way up to the Ray Lewis era, right? Like he just wasn't a fit for today's NFL, and he became a target and a scapegoat. Um, you know, if he's on a team that's winning, he's everyone's favorite guy, right? I still think Vontez Perfect has a statue in Cincinnati if the Bengals don't screw up that playoff game against the Steelers, right? He he was a monster in that game. You know, the, the pick six, if um, you know, Adam Jones doesn't get that extra personal foul, Steelers don't make that kick, we're probably building a monument because it's our first win and he was <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but, but no, like he – because he was never allowed to play because he was, you know – I mean, I think the, the suspension he got for the preseason hit on a fullback against the Chiefs, which – you see that hit in every NFL game, but for whatever reason, that's a four-game suspension for him. I think that's the kind of crap he had to deal with, and it just made him ineffective as a player, right? So, I mean, I think that he's no longer effective, so I don't hate that we lost him, but I do hate that now we have a huge – I mean, we don't have a linebacker, right? Like, our linebacker, linebackers are so weak, um, and so that stinks. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, a lot's changed. I could go on and on. Um, I mean, and then, you know, I mentioned the Steelers. Like, I know that was one of our favorite conversations. And look at the, the trap they're in, right? Um, right. Their, their star running back, their their star receiver. When you're not winning, you know, they're not the, the character guys or the class organization they think they are. So, no, a lot's changed. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, it's uh, – yeah, and it's uh... – I've dropped the ball. I, I've been meaning to have you on this show for a long time, so I've dropped the ball on that, and hopefully we make it more of a regular thing, man. But um, yeah, it, it, has been, it has been quite the change um, going forward here. Uh, I, I guess you're also, for those who do not know, uh, Mickey is uh, uh, the the OSU guy, uh, the, the Ohio State guy. Um, so obviously there are some high-profile Buckeyes entering this draft, <laughs> uh, one of which will definitely be out of their reach, we think, and Bosa. Um, so he's kind of off the table. But I, I, I do want to get your opinions as someone who watched quite a bit of Buckeyes football and know a lot about these players. I want to get your opinion on, you know, a Dwayne Haskins, a Paris Campbell, a Terry McLaurin, some of these guys that could fit what the Bengals do and, and who you do think is a guy that could fit what the Bengals do, what they need, at what position. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we would all agree if Bosa happens to be there when the Bengals draft, right. like, that's a no-brainer, right? He's a game changer. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I think Haskins will be. I mean, has the potential to be a decent NFL quarterback, right? I think of of all the quarterbacks that Ohio State has churned out in the recent history, I think he's probably the one that maybe stacks up the best to a guy that could succeed in the NFL. Um, I mean, as far as the the other players you mentioned, I mean, sure, they, those those are all nice pieces, but I don't think. I mean, I don't. I haven't given much thought to how they would fit in our system. I mean, there's so many guys I like them. Um, that I think that you know I wouldn't stretch just because they're a, a, an Ohio State guy, right? Like, I'm a huge Buckeye fan, but once the NFL like kicks in, um, you know, once they're out of college, like they're just another player to me. Um, I mean, look at um, Shazier in, in Pittsburgh. Like, I didn't, root, <laughs> yeah. I didn't root for that idiot at all. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, if you're asking if I think the Bengals should look at Haskins uh, with their first pick, I would say no, right? And, I mean, I've been labeled the Dalton homer, but I would argue that this season in particular, um, there's much bigger holes to fill than a quarterback, right? I'm nervous that they go after a quarterback, and I don't even know that Haskins would be the guy for, um, f- for you know what this new coaching staff looks for. Um, I think maybe like a Drew Locke would be more what they would want, but I, I hope we stay away from quarterback. I kind of hope there's a run at the beginning, and I mean I-, I heard Cody talking before this. If the Bengals have the opportunity to pick up another pick and go back a little bit, I think that's probably awesome. I mean, I for a long time I've been in the back of my head, I've had a guy in mind, not who I necessarily want the Bengals pick, but who I think they probably will. Um, and I haven't listened to this whole show. I just caught, you know, the last little bit. So I don't know if people have mentioned it, but um, I, I have a guy who I think they'll go for. And it, it's a safe pick and it's a Bengals picks. And it will, I think it'll really tell me a, a lot about who's kind of pushing these picks in, if that makes sense. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second, John. Yeah, so you, you you talked a little bit about Burfecht, and what we all loved about him when he was competent wasn't just because he was the best linebacker, but he was kind of the identity of the defense. And it just so happens that in this draft, the top two linebackers are not only 
athletic freaks and can you know, defend the run as well as, as drop back and coverage, but they can they can kind of go on come on to an NFL team and bring an identity to a defense and kind of and kind of become that leader in the locker room. And that's something that you know, along with losing Burfick and what his ability used to be, they're they're losing that kind of leader. So if, if either a White or a Bush is there, it, it, is is that need prioritizing over maybe maybe a, a position that has a little bit more value, like a pass rusher and offensive tackle in your in your mind? I think so. I mean, I think the the our most glaring weakness last season was linebacker, right? right. Like our, our we have a we had last season in particular we had a ton of talent on the front and the defense, but without that supporting cast behind them, um, we, it was really just a gaping weakness. We couldn't cover a tight end. I mean, that's been a Bengals issue forever. <laughs> but um, uh, I mean, I think yeah, if you have the opportunity to take a white or a bush, I, I'd run to the podium on either. I probably either one of those guys. I think talking with Mickey Menser at Who Day Fans on Twitter and uh, a longtime Bengals podcaster, uh, Bengals tailgate champion too. I remember you had a you had a sweet tailgate buzz. You ever get rid of that thing? Oh, it died. I had to scrap it. Yeah, it was a sad uh, day. Oh, uh, that was yeah. That, that thing was epic, man. Uh, it was so nice. Yeah, but uh, talking with Mickey Menser and uh, it's it's great to have him back and, and talking some Bengals football with him uh, you know before we get to the guy you said you had in mind for the Bengals at, at number 11 or first round if they move back a couple spots or what what the scenario may be um you know i, I think we know now offensive line is uh, we, we we look at the biggest needs whether it's right now or a year down the road or what the Bengals didn't do this offseason so you look at offensive line potentially defensive line and that's interior and edge rushers uh, and linebacker. Those are kind of the biggies that everybody looks at for those top picks. Potentially, some people are talking quarterback, you know, that you can go either way on that. What's a position you think that nobody's really talking about that the team could that the team needs more than than I guess to use the Transformers phrase more than meets the eye? You know, I mean, there's there are. Hmm. There are some other position groups that maybe need some restocking. There's some questions in terms of long-term viability. So, you know, what do you what do you see as maybe something that needs to be tinkered with earlier than most expect? Yeah, I mean, in the first round, I think the the big ones you you said are, are good. It's going to be one of those picks. But you asked Cody a question about um, you know what to do at receiver, and I remember. Remember, you, we always had Hobson on, and he always used to say, you always take a receiver or two in the draft, right? You always restock or get something there. And I think that's a position that would show weakness if you face – I mean, half the Bengals team was injured last year, but it really hurt them when, you know, we, we didn't have pass-catching options. I mean, and so I think a late – you know, a later round, third, fourth, fifth on, on – maybe a receiver that can come in and make a difference. I mean, I'm still not a John Ross fan. I still don't know. I think the hype is more, I mean, he's the Homer Bailey of the Bengals, right? Like they, Oh, Oh, <laughs> Oh man. But could he had, what do you have? Like four catches for four touchdowns. But I mean, he's, he's never really lived up what he can. He, he's the fastest guy on the planet and can't beat a, a, a DB on, on a, on a streak. So like, I, I struggle with that. Um, Maybe he puts it together. I don't know. Um, I think we root for him like we did with Homer Bailey, right? He was always just a couple games away from getting it done. So I don't know. I think receiver is something that I'd love to see them find an impact at. Um, and and you never know where they come from. Like I think they've they've done well with later round picks on receivers. 
talking with Mickey Metzer at Who Day Fans on Twitter. So let's uh, let's let's have you unveil this. Uh, who's who's the person you're saying is a good one at uh, at number eleven or or in the first round for the Bengals? I mean, I I wouldn't say it's a good one. I I have a gut feeling that the Bengals go Cody Ford. Right? I have. Sure. I, I I don't know that – I mean, I wouldn't make that pick, but he seems like the type of mauler on the line that the Bengals would go for. Um, I mean, I'm also – I have that, you know, sweat from Mississippi State, I think, is another option. Um, but really, I mean, what I hope for is what you guys – I mean, I don't think there's a chance for Devin White, but I'd love if they go for a Devin Bush. And that's a Michigan guy, but I really think he gives us the biggest the biggest impact – on our defense from what's available in the first round. So I don't know if anyone mentioned Ford, but I, I that's my gut feeling for, for a while now. No, you know what? They, they didn't. And obviously he was the guy that they looked at. Uh, well, they looked at him, but they, he's a guy that has been constantly mocked to them in the early mock drafts. And then things have mm-hmm. kind of changed a little bit, but I think that's actually a very uh, astute observation on that with Ford, because he is a guy that is, is versatile. He's a guy that could play multiple positions. They like to have offensive linemen that have that positional flexibility. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to see if they if they do that. Uh, Mickey, do you want to hang around for a few more minutes for a couple more listener questions? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. We're talking with Mickey Mentzer at Houday Fans. Um, and of course, my co-host John Sheeran is here. We've talked with Cody Toomey at Kodakai on Twitter, James Rapine of 92.3, the fan in Cleveland, and we've also talked with Ace Boogie of New Stripe City. It has been a jam-packed show with a lot of cool guests and a lot of fun. And uh, Mickey, we're stoked you were able to join us, man. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Um, we did get this email, and I'll start with you, John. Uh, and it's about Will Greer, the West Virginia quarterback. Um, last year, basically, pro football focus was high on Baker Mayfield, and, uh, and he basically – most people wondered if uh, Sam Darnold would have been the better pick. Uh, this year, Greer is considered the better pro football focus guy over Kyler Murray, uh, according to our, our listener here. Any thoughts on on that and the viability of him landing with the band? Yeah, I think PFF had Kyler at one overall on their board. And I that's think- what I thought. That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah. I don't know but, 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 but Greer, but Greer, Greer was three, and I, that's where I would right. put him as well, over Drew Locke and over at Daniel Jones, because he did produce at a, at a high level at West Virginia. I know people kind of knocked the Big 12 defense that he went up against, but still the production's there, and it's indicative of, of a potentially high-quality player. The only knock on him really is that he's 24 years old, and it's kind of hard for even for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks coming into the league at an older age have, have a little bit of a disadvantage, but – um, there, there's talk about him being the fifth quarterback off the board, potentially sneaking into the first round to a team who went to the playoffs last year, maybe a team trading back up into the first round. I don't think that the Bengals do that, but if he's there, the 42nd overall pick, I do think that he might be coming to the conversation. That's probably when the Bengals first start actually looking at drafting a quarterback. It, it would just all depend if, if Greer is the type of guy that, you know, 
that that Zach Taylor wants to kind of build around going going forward, and at the very least, be a high quality backup to to, to Dalton for the next coming years. Mickey, any thoughts on on Greer? I don't know how much you've watched of him, but uh, any any thoughts on him? I mean, a little, and I think if you're if you're truly picking a guy that you want to continue to develop, that's a possibility. Um, and I think that, I mean, I think that that's the, probably the smart way to go about it, right? Unless you have a can't miss prospect in the top of the draft, then picking someone in the second, maybe even the third that you can give time to mentor, I think is the new model. Um, although he's always, he'll, if the Bengals aren't winning, he'll be the most popular guy on the bench, kind of like we've seen in the past with any backup quarterback. But um, I, I, I could see that as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting guy, you know, kind of a, a gunslinger guy and he's got the, he's got the swagger. I, I do have to say this. Uh, I, I don't, uh, it was from Mohammed Alomer who sent us that email and I, I didn't do him justice because he did write, I misread it says this, this year, Will Greer, West Virginia quarterback is considered very high on, on the pro football focus board after Kyler Murray. So I, mm-hmm. I misread that. He did have that correct. Um, and, and you were correct on that too, John. So interesting prospect, maybe a guy who's a night two guy. I don't, I don't think he sneaks into the first round, but maybe a, you know, a high pick, a high second round pick, third round pick type of guy, um, you know, and, and, and could be interesting there. We do have, uh, a call on the line. Uh, it's from one of our regular listeners, Terrell. Terrell, how are you, bud? What's on your mind tonight? How you doing, guys? How you doing? I have an excellent, just, a, uh, just an all-time good show tonight. I got to say that. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, we've, uh, we tried, we tried to put together an all-star lineup. So, uh, we there's a big weekend ahead and we've got, so we had some cool guests and, uh, some people I haven't talked to for a while and that's, that's shame on me. So we're, we're stoked about tonight and hopefully you've enjoyed it. Oh, oh yeah, no problem. I'm 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 ready for Christmas tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but uh, I really want to say, no matter what, uh, first or second round, I don't, I don't care how I go, linebacker, offensive line. I don't care if it's second round or first round, whatever it goes. And I ain't trying to jump on the John uh, John Ross bashing, but uh, he he, I'm, I'm, I I just think he's soft, man. I I, I he tentative. Uh, and I know offensive uh, offensive coordinator Kyle Ann talking about so he wanna sideline sideline him, but I don't think I don't think he can't do it though. He he just better than me. But uh some late round receivers I think uh Jalen Hurd, mm. um J uh, JJ from Stanford, um and even a, a wild card in the third and fourth round, Sanders from Penn State. And um I just, I just literally just seen the, uh, the schedule, and this schedule is beatable though. This is a playoff type schedule. This schedule is pretty easy. I mean, I know it's on paper, but it looked pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they got a little bit of an easy draw uh, from from them just really not being very good the past couple of years, but uh, in terms of their record, so they got kind of the weaker schedule, but. Um, you know, there, there are some tough stretches in there and obviously they have to go to London and thanks again, NFL for taking a game away from the, from Los Angeles. <laughs> I can't go, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's some easy patches in there. Thanks for calling Terrell. We're going to, we're going to get you off the air and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the things you talked about. Thanks for calling him in. Um, so Mickey, I want to ask you this because you are a bit more optimistic than some, uh, Bengals fans here and we didn't talk about the schedule. Um, your 
what, what do you think about the schedule? And uh, my colleague John put up a, a schedule prediction on since you you said nine and seven, right, John? Is nine that, and seven. That... It was on the high end of optimism for me. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so that's, that's what John had potentially maybe vying for a wild card. I believe is what you had there, John. Uh, Mickey, I know it's so early, and I know there's a whole crop of talent that's going to be brought in by the team this weekend. How do you see it? How do you see them early on playing playing out with? Yeah, I like the uh, the the nine and seven call, right? Like, I think you're you're pretty optimistic if you think this is a ten win team, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. Like, I think our division's going to be down. I think. I mean, I, I'm my fingers are crossed that the Steelers just live in the basement for a little bit, and there's there's potential for that this year, right? Like, Roethlisberger's not going to be the type of quarterback that ages gracefully like he's going to play and then he's just going to be terrible and that's just going to be the end of him um i'm kind of hoping that's this year uh <laughs> i think i think the browns are going to browns it up right like they they've done a lot of things but they're going to cleveland it up somehow I, I i'm not a mayfield guy i don't think i think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors i think that he's going to struggle um so i think we'll be in in the running for the division with nine wins i think 10 wins probably takes the division easily so yeah i like the nine and seven call yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's that's optimistic, but but also uh, it can be realistic. Obviously, they need to be healthier. They need to play a little bit better, um, go, you know, going forward. We have another call we're going to get to in just a second. But, John, I wanted to ask you this because we asked uh, Cody this question, but I didn't get your take. We did put this up on our Twitter account in terms of the the unlikely scenarios. And, and just for those who did vote, and basically there's four – draft scenarios we put up trade up in the first round trade away john ross trade for josh rosen or draft a quarterback in the first round again this isn't a team that does a lot of splashy things um or kind of the crazy moves especially recently but uh 17 said trade up in the first round 18 said trade away john ross 16 said trade for josh rosen and 48 said draft a quarterback in the first round where do you sit on that twitter poll john so i don't think that they're drafting a quarterback unless his name is Kyler murray um, I don't. I don't think the interest in Haskins w- w- was real, and I think we've kind of realized that as we enter this week. I don't think they're trading John Ross. I think they've already told him that, and I think they're going to commit to him for at least another year. And this team doesn't trade up in the first round, no matter how many draft picks they have. So by default, I think the only somewhat in, in this galaxy of reasonability, I guess, is trade for Josh Rosen. That's only if 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 the Cardinals can find the press they're looking for, and it, it becomes even more more um, feasible than than we even believe it is. So maybe for if they can't get like even a third round pick, maybe the Bengals would go away with a fourth round pick to just at least get a quarterback. Because we know they're going to draft one somewhere, it, probably on day three, if they can get him for like a fourth round pick or maybe like a future third, it, anything like that. I think that's probably the most likely out of all of them. And I still don't believe it's going to happen because I think they're going to get a second or a high third round pick for him. I think he's on his way out of Arizona. I don't think he's going to be on his way to Cincinnati. But out of those four options, that would be the most likely, I guess, in, in mm. that scenario. Yeah, um, interesting to see what what kind of price it would take Rosen to get there um, to to be had. It, you know, if the Cardinals finally play their hand, you know, I mean, this is right. they, they to build it, build up, you know, and try and get as much draft collateral as possible. And then if they make the pick, then all of a sudden it would it would seem that the price would drop. But, but we'll see. We've got one more call on the line, and it's from uh, Spencer, who's calling in. Spencer, what's going on, man? 
well, just uh, I had a quick proposition for a best case scenario with the Bengals. Just wanted to thank you guys for having an awesome show to this point. It's been oh, thanks, awesome. Um, yeah, so I really I love Devin Bush at eleven, but I do think there is better value. And a lot of people have brought up the idea that if Dwayne Haskins falls, and this is speculatory, because if Dwayne Haskins falls to eleven, and Washington is that hungry. I agree that we trade back to 15, take a third rounder, but instead of packaging it for Rosen, I would say trade that third round pick you get from Washington for Darren Lee from the New York Jets. Mm. And then maybe, maybe, maybe double dip in the third round. Maybe go with a blade. Dipping in a third round, if, if you will, with a third round pick for Darren Lee and the third round actual pick for a linebacker, and maybe still getting an offensive tackle, or, or maybe even if someone else falls, but who knows. But that was my basic idea, was trading the third round pick from Darren Lee from Washington when you move back to 15. That's an interesting uh, interesting proposition, and we'll, we'll take it off the air. Thanks for calling in, Spencer. Enjoy draft weekend, buddy. Thanks, you too. Um. That's really interesting, and, and unfortunately, our, our last guest there, Mickey Menser, had to had to get out of here. We we did keep him longer than uh, I had asked him to be on, but uh, we we're we we're stoked to have him stay for for a few minutes longer. But uh, the, there's oh, Ohio State players all over that trade, so that's why yeah. I wanted to <laughs> I kind of wanted to get Mickey's take on that. But um, first of all, our thanks to Mickey Menser for for showing up and and uh, bringing bringing the knowledge. I'm missing Mickey. We'll we'll get you back on the show, man. Um, John, what I like about that now, Darren Lee has kind of been up and down, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs. I think some of it was wasn't he busted for like a PED thing or mm-hmm. something? Spending four games last year, for right? It. And and then you know he's had a couple of big plays, but he hasn't really. It, broken out as a, 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 you know, stud linebacker in the league, especially in a defense, a, a Jets defense that has a lot of good defensive players or has had good defensive players in his time there. So, um, you know, I, I think the trade makes sense. And how it also makes sense is, again, the Bengals like to open up their draft options. So if they do trade for a linebacker, um, a lot of things make sense. Or it opens up the draft. It's a former high pick. They can get on the cheap. Um, all that kind of stuff, but your thoughts on Darren Lee, the player, and the fit with the Bengals, and if the value is even there for a trade that Spencer laid out there. I would, I would like the Bengals to trade for Darren Lee, but if they trade for a third on pick for Darren Lee, they lost their marbles. Um, th- there was talk mm-hmm. about him going for maybe a sixth or seventh round pick because you got to think this is the first round pick who, after three years in the NFL, has is, is on the chopping block for a defense that is still struggling in, in terms of their in terms of that part of the field. So he's on the way out. And he's not lived up to the first round hype. And you have to think about what other good players actually go for in terms of trades. Now, every once in a while, there's, there's a Khalil Mack type deal where there's multiple first round, first round picks involved. There's a Frank Clark type deal where there's a first round and a second round pick involved. But for the most part, NFL players are pretty damn expendable in, in, in terms of just actual trade capital. Teams are really you know stingy about holding on to their top 100 picks. And if you give up a top 100 pick for Darren Lee, who Darren Lee is right now instead of who Darren Lee was coming back coming into the NFL, 
I don't understand the value in that. I would still like to trade one of the six round picks for Darren Lee because I think the Jets would take that because they still haven't been able to find a deal for him. And if they, you just offer a third round pick out of nowhere, out of the blue, you're offering the same compensation for Josh Rosen as you are for Darren Lee. I'm not exactly sure about that. But just in general, with the whole scenario, people are talking about the Bengals using that extra third round pick to, to acquire someone via trade. I think if they were to trade back, they would hold on to that pick. But then later on in the draft, maybe they use a couple of those six round picks and move up back into the fifth round because you're looking at the, what the current roster is right now, I think is at 70 players and they typically like to go sign about 10 to 10 to 12 undrafted guys. So you're thinking 10 to eight draft picks is probably the, the comfortable range about what they're going to finish up with. So I do think they don't end up with 11, but if they do trade back in the first round, pick up that third extra third round pick, I'm, I think they hang on to that and look to move up later in the draft with one of those six round picks. Yeah, and they they like those those day two picks, those second second rounders, right. third rounds. They like to hang on to those and use them, and um, sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. So yeah, I, I don't know that they would. I mean, it, it it would need to be for a player they really covet to get to get them to part with one of those. But first things first, they would have to make a trade back to acquire some, you know some collateral right. like that. Um, but Thanks Darren Lee, it, Darren Lee is a name that uh, we. We haven't talked about for a while um, that that could have been linked to the you know when the first trade rumors kind of came out that's that's someone that was linked to the Bengals and um, you know loosely linked to the Bengals and and really nothing's happened he hasn't been moved so um, you know maybe there's maybe there's a deal that'll be struck we'll see but interesting stuff from Spencer there uh, well John we're gonna we're gonna close up we went a tiny bit longer than I than I expected and and. We, we spun through this episode. It, yeah, it was, I mean, just boom, boom, boom. We had uh, for those of you if you're if you're just joining us, we had uh, James Rapine of ninety two three, the fan in Cleveland, formerly of ESPN Cincinnati, joined the program. That was awesome. Talking a tiny bit of Browns and the Bengals with him. We had Ace Boogie kind of talking about his uh, prime metrics that he came up with. Very cool conversation there. Um, there, there was a little bit of choppiness, audio choppiness there, but I, I, you know, I think for the most part, it was relatively clean and we got everything, um, that we, everything from him. And that was a really, really cool conversation. I look forward to having him back on the program. It's been long overdue since we've had him. We had Cody Toomey. He's been on this program a couple times before. It's good having him back on and giving his insight on, uh, the draft and some of the players that could be linked to the Bengals. And of course, my old friend Mickey Menser from a previous Bengals podcast at Who Day Fans on Twitter. Um, awesome guy, and uh, it was good having him talking about the Bengals, bringing a little more optimism about the club than uh, we're we're used to around these parts, I guess. But uh, it's good it's good having him on. And uh, I, I don't know about you, John. It was a fun show for me. Um, and like you said, we just kind of whipped through it. Yeah, um, perfect timing to assemble an all star cast because the Avengers comes out tomorrow. And oh, there you go. This is this, this is the premiere. This is the premiere group of all of all star cast that 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 will be coming to your media instead of the Avengers. So great, great timing for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a draft, and everybody's got an opinion. So I'm glad we had all those guys on. Yep. Any any last thoughts from you uh, about the draft as we head into this weekend? Anything you haven't? Whether it's a bold predict prediction or anything you want to throw out there before we, we dive into everything this weekend. I'm dangerously confident, and I hate it because this is the draft and this is the Bengals, and normally we can't really have nice things in the first round, but I'm pretty confident about what the board looks like at the moment, and I'm I'm optimist, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're going to find a, a, a very good player at 11. We just have to hope that they take him and not the player that's going to bust in four years. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> you can't have nice uh, things all the time. All right. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I guess one thing, you know, we just did our mock drafts last week, and, you know, I, I waited in mine. Uh, by the way, I, I, did you see the poll of, of on CincyJungle.com of uh, how many – how many more people liked your mock draft over mine? You're you're a uh, you're yeah, a stud mock drafter. I, I, I'm eating I'm eating crow now because we just did the the mock with with me, Patrick Judas, and Matt Minich, and more people would trust Mike Brown over me. So I, I don't I don't know where the loyalty lies with the Cincy Jungle readers, but it's not very consistent. Yeah, last I saw, uh, I was gonna try and pull it up. It's it's a little bit down the pecking order now, but. Um, Last I saw, gosh, it was about forty some percent. You were uh, you were beating me. I had about twenty some percent of the votes, and then you know, uh, but a lot of people did like both of our mock drafts. So I guess uh, you know, uh, I, I can I can take stock in that. And then there's a handful of people that just you know didn't like any either of them. Um, but we did our mock drafts last week, and of course I went you know kind of defense early, and then offense with the with the later rounds in the five round deal. I don't know. I, the, the more as we get closer to it, I, I do think a guy like Jonah Jonah Williams makes a lot of sense for the team, and uh, you know he fits. He's a profile that the team likes. Big school, um, you know, maybe could start out. It you know could give you a little guard flexibility. Can play either tackle spot, that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. For me, I just I'm starting to wonder if he's if he's maybe more the pick, and maybe it had a little bit to do with Dave Lapham mentioning his name recently that. Um, makes a little sense to me. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens at number 11 going forward. We do have uh, a little bit of an announcement, a couple, uh, tentatively, I'm going to try and, and we will try and schedule another episode like this after the draft, shortly after the draft, whether it's the week after, or maybe two weeks after, but get a, a bunch of people in the, in the program. Um, haven't decided exactly who yet, but we might do this little round table thing where we, you know, spit fire through a, a number of, of quality guests, whether that's, you know, some SB nation folks, uh, from the, from the, teams in the Bengals division. Um, we might get, do some other Bengals Twitter folks. You know, I, I've got some other people that lined up that we can bring on either for the first time or again. So uh, I, I think this was a cool episode and I'd like to do this again to get a lot of different takes um, on the Bengals draft hall. So uh, we'll, we'll probably be, be bringing that to you um, coming forward here. And then uh, quickly, I did. Uh, we we did get confirmation from Willie Anderson, Bengals offensive tackle, that he is willing to come back on the show. We had him on uh, late last year. I think it was right before the the season started. I think it was in September. We had him on. Um, so uh, I, I haven't set a time yet, but he is uh, definitely willing to come back on the show. I'm hoping that it'll be shortly after the Bengals draft. And if the Bengals draft an offensive lineman, we can get his take obviously on that pick. So I'm um, pretty excited to have uh, Willie Anderson back on the program. We'll definitely be promoting that when we have a date set, but for now uh, it's going to be in the near future. And that's about as clear as I can be, but um, he is interested in coming back on the show. So I'm pretty excited about that, John. Yeah, for sure. He's a legend. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll sink into question this time. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Don't let me usurp the whole thing. <laughs> uh, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Cazenza. As we mentioned, you can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play. You can get it on the Megaphone platform as well as on YouTube and CincyJungle.com. And keep it to CincyJungle.com. We're going to be pumping out a ton of draft content. A ton of draft content coming up this weekend. Breaking news about the picks. Analysis of the picks. 
And one other thing for the YouTube viewers of this channel, what's going to happen is we will probably be doing Sydney Jungle Facebook live videos and transferring those videos to the YouTube channel. So we won't be doing live YouTube videos. They will be on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. So, so if you have not liked the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, do that. You'll see myself, John, other contributors from Cincy Jungle get the videos. And then, you know, if you're unable to join us, they will be on our YouTube channel. The audio will be on our channels as well. And then we'll have uh, the posts up on CincyJungle.com in terms of reaction stuff. So um, that's a little, little housekeeping note. Keep, keep that in mind as we go forward this weekend. Enjoy the draft weekend, everybody. Enjoy the draft weekend, John. Um, you as well, man. Working, but uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a little bit of a different vibe than usual. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But thanks thanks for everything tonight, man. And uh, thanks to all of our guests. Go follow them. Go like their content as well. Enjoy the draft weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.